Greetings from our garden here at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, 
all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to God on high.
Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life, raise us who trust in him from the death of sin to the life of righteousness, that we may seek those things which are above, where he reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. There was at Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he had come, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Then, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the book of Revelation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no man could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood round the throne, and round the elders, and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honour, and power, and might, be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and whence have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night within his temple. And he who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. It was the feast of the dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered round him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I was reflecting the other day on the individuals who've had the most lasting and most positive influence on my life. I'm sure that you will yourselves have people who were similarly significant for you too, whether they were family members or football coaches. And in my own case, I can readily identify three particular individuals to whom I owe an immense debt of gratitude for that reason. The first was a school teacher whom some of you may have heard me mention before. In the days when I was still a surly, indolent, non-compliant, school-hating, teenage, comprehensive pupil, she brought her subject alive for me. She was the first person I'd ever met who had a real intellectual life. And despite my dreadful attitude and my appalling behaviour, she didn't write me off. On the contrary, it's entirely down to her influence, her help and her support that I ever got to university. The second was a university lecturer who was an absolute inspiration to me and an unfailing source of encouragement and support. And the third was a clergyman who introduced me the, to the Christian faith in a way that blew apart all the prejudices and the negative assumptions that I'd previously harboured about Christianity and, as a result, utterly transformed my life and who also ended up discerning my vocation to ministry even before I did. And I found myself reflecting on what these three very different individuals, all from very different parts of my life, had in common. And I can discern a few common strands. Interestingly, at the time I knew them, they were all pretty young, aged in their late 20s, and they were all relatively junior in the posts that they then held. For that reason, they felt accessible rather than remote. One of the things that one discovers over time is that wisdom doesn't always come with age. 
In addition, they were also all people who knew their stuff and cared passionately about the importance of what they did, two of them as teachers, the other as a priest. And their quiet but confident enthusiasm drew me in. And somewhere along the line, each one of them earned my trust as well as my respect. They were also all individuals who saw things in me that at the time I was completely unable to see for myself. Variously, my intellectual ability, my academic potential, and, as I said a moment ago, my vocation to ministry. And in doing so, they also brought out the best in me because I ended up wanting to achieve, but not as an end in itself, rather wanting to do well for them. And not in an ingratiating way, but rather as a token of the love and respect that I had and still have for each one of them. Now, strange as it may seem, the reason why I was thinking about all of this came out of my reflection on today's gospel reading. And in particular, the metaphor that Jesus frequently uses of sheep and shepherding, for reasons I shall now explain. I can remember it coming as a total revelation to me to discover that in the Middle East, shepherds do not drive their sheep from behind, as tends to happen in this part of the world, but rather they lead them from the front. They lead and the sheep follow. And of course, you cannot force sheep to do that. If they follow, it is only because they choose to do so. And the only reason why they choose to do so is because that shepherd has earned their trust. They feel safe with him. And it is a sense of safety and trust that is born of relationship, that is earned through lived experience. And also underlying that trust is a conviction that the shepherd will care for them. Hence all those references in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I can lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus distinguishes between those who are and those who are not of his flock, saying, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. People follow him because they know him and recognise him, but always and only because they choose to do so. A faith that worships the true and living and loving God can never be a faith that is in any way coercive or judgmental or cruel, because scripture tells us that God is simply not like that. Ours is a God who leads us rather than drives us, and who can lead his people because he has shown himself to be trustworthy and true. And he is also a God who knows us and loves us and calls us by name, a God who knows us better than we know ourselves and who can see in each one of us the person that we could become if only we could leave behind the fears that hold us back 
and keep us in chains, and instead learn to trust. All of which is wonderful and liberating and life-transforming, but sometimes far from easy to grasp, particularly when life feels as if it is more full of shadows than light, and at those times when God feels more marked by his absence than by his presence. But here we encounter the other really important dimension of that shepherding metaphor. Because if God is to us as a shepherd, that means we have to look at ourselves as sheep. And one of the characteristics of sheep is that their worldview is extremely limited. They major on having their immediate needs met. They can see the patch of grass that is immediately before them, but often with no recognition at all of the danger they might put themselves in when they reach for that next crag, the crag that is just beyond their reach. Sheep have a habit of getting into scrapes and needing to be rescued, but so limited is their understanding and so restricted their horizon that the prospect and process of rescue can feel far more grievous to them than the danger they may or may, may not realise they are already in. And it can feel like that to us too sometimes, because we can only ever see the world and our place within it from our limited human perspective. We can also fail to recognise the potential danger we may be in at any time. And we can also mistake the difficult but necessary process of rescue for a completely different form of danger, which is why, paradoxically, we can end up resisting God's love and grace with every fibre of our being. A wonderful poem by the Welsh poet Ruth Bidgood describes this perfectly. As we shall hear, the poet's noble attempts to rescue a sheep caught in brambles does her no favours at all. The sheep is so terrified of her that it panics and gets even more caught and entangled. Perhaps we might think ourselves into that scenario, but this time seeing ourselves as the frightened sheep and God as the hapless rescuer. Looking on from the outside, we might want to say, if only the sheep could calm down and instead of panicking, trust the one who is trying to free it, how much more straightforward it would be. But it doesn't feel at all like that when you're in the position of a sheep. Perhaps there's a lesson for all of us here, perhaps within our individual lives or within our life as a community of faith, when we can so easily misinterpret God's interventions in our lives as disorientating and frightening and see the change around us as threat rather than opportunity. Ruth Bidgood's poem, Sheep in the Hedge. This is no mild and never, never sheep, but a heavy, wild thing, mad with fright, catapulting at you from a noose of brambles, hurtling back into worse frenzy of tangles. Don't imagine that you're welcome. Don't expect gratitude. That woolly maniac would hate you if she had any consciousness to spare from panic. 
she can see sideways. There is too much world forcing its way through slit eyes into her dim brain, a spiky, overpowering pattern of thorns. Now, worst of all, she suffers the sight of you, no doubt malevolent, hideously near, touching her. She wrenches, rips, breaks out, knocks you into the hedge and is away, her plump, bedraggled body jogging down the road, full pelt on sticks of legs, pert hooves. You are left to mop your dripping scratches and stitch up the tatters of your good intentions. I wonder how often the Good Shepherd, the one who comes to us in love and compassion, the one whom we truly can trust, the one who is there to lead us and feed us and rescue us. I wonder how often that Good Shepherd sees us in our noose of brambles, but we end up doing our very best to resist him. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have promised to hear the prayers of all who ask in faith. We pray for your church in its leadership, for all who strive to live the life of faith and the mission to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to teach baptise and nurture new believers, and to respond to human need by loving service, by the example of Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Direct the leaders of nations 
and all in positions of power to learn peace. Open their eyes, their ears and their hearts to the reality and suffering of the innocent victims, the communities, families and children who will bear the scars of war and conflict in Ukraine and around the world. Help us as we seek to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind, and to pursue peace and reconciliation. Support every one of us as we learn to tread more lightly upon the earth, removing our dependency on convenience and acting more responsibility as we strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless this community of St. Brides, our gathered congregation, visitors, neighbours in the City of London, and our ministry to the people of Fleet Street, the printers and news media. Protect each of us and those who we love as we go about our daily tasks. Particularly, we pray for our friends whose work will put them at risk or in danger. We pray thanks for our freedom to worship and to grow as a family by those who find us through curiosity and the welcome of baptism, and for all who make our worship possible and meaningful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Particularly, we pray for those we know in our families and in our circle of friends, also for those strangers who have no one to pray for them. We pray the support of all who care for others and hope for healing and renewal of good health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those whose memories we cherish, but we see no more. May those memories continue to fill our hearts with love as we release their souls into your everlasting care and peace. May we see that love in others and show it in our lives that we too find that peace. In the name of Christ, the Good Shepherd, we pray. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, prayers these prayers for, for the, the sake, sake of your, your Son, our, our Saviour, Saviour Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you because you raised him gloriously from the dead, for he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death, he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, 
but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Merciful Father, you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Good Shepherd, and in his love for us, to lay down his life and rise again. Keep us always under his protection, and give us grace to follow in his steps, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ.